take your Bible. We're going to begin tonight reading three portions of Scripture. Vamos a ir esta noche leyendo la Escritura en tres porciones de la Palabra del Señor. Y vamos a comenzar en Romanos. We'll begin in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 14. And I want to speak tonight on a subject that is for every believer. It is for the new believer as well as the mature believer. And it's really the only way to become a mature believer. And that is to learn to be led by the Spirit. So tonight we're going to speak about being led by the Holy Spirit. Vamos a hablar esta noche sobre un tema que es de vasta importancia para el nuevo en el Señor, el nuevo en la palabra, pero también para aquel que es maduro. Y la, la forma, la única forma de ser maduro en el Espíritu es de caminar por el Espíritu. Así que vamos a leer en Romanos capítulo 8, verso 14. We'll read in Romans chapter 8, verse 14 to begin our study tonight. A truly astounding text, uh, un texto bastante asombroso. Dice Romanos 8, 14. All who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Dice ahí, todos los que son... Guiados por el Espíritu de Dios, estos son hijos de Dios. For you have not received a spirit of slavery, leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons, by which we cry out, Abba, Father. And the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, so that we will also be glorified with him. Now keep your place in Romans and turn to Proverbs. Guarde su lugar ahí en Romanos. Y vamos a ir a Proverbios. Capítulo 20. Proverbs chapter 20. And we'll read at verse 27. Proverbios 20, 27. Did you bring your Bible tonight? The Bible says the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the innermost parts of his being. Once again, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the innermost part of his being. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would speak to us from your word tonight, and I ask that you would anoint my lips of clay to teach the word of the living God. And I ask you to anoint this congregation's hearing as well, that as we hear the word, we might be inspired to believe and to trust and to act upon the word that you speak to us tonight from the scripture. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. I have read to you three verses of scripture that I want us to focus on tonight. That's Romans 8.14. Romans 8, 16, and Proverbs 20, 27. We're going to talk about being led by the Spirit. I shared with you a couple of Sundays ago about the fact that man is a three-part being. He compartido con ustedes que el hombre es un ser de tres partes. 
Man is a spirit who has a soul and lives in a body. El hombre es un espíritu que tiene un alma y vive en un cuerpo. Está incorporado en esta carne física. And so you are that three-part being. Usted es, a, es esa uh, creación de Dios de tres partes. The only part of the creation that has a spirit, a soul, and a body is humanity. La única parte de la creación que tiene espíritu, alma y cuerpo es la humanidad. Cuando hablamos de esto hace unos dos domingos, estábamos hablando acerca del alma. When we spoke about this topic, or brought up this topic a couple of Sundays ago, I was talking about the soul of man. And I shared with you that the soul of man is where your emotions are, they're where your intellect is, where your will is, and the soul of man uh, is moved by the appetite, the instinct, and the emotions. Uh, compartía en esa uh, ocasión que el alma es de, de la parte del hombre donde está el asiento o el trono de sus emociones, su voluntad, de su apetito y de su instinto. And I shared with you also that the spirit of man is the part of us that has a relationship or can have a relationship with God uh, through the new birth. Entonces el espíritu del hombre es la parte del hombre que tiene comunión con Dios o puede tener comunión con Dios a través de el, de la, uh, del nacimiento nuevo. Then we have our body. Luego tenemos nuestro cuerpo. And our body is housing this spiritual and soulish part of us. Nuestro cuerpo es la casa de nuestro espíritu y de nuestra alma. And so our body has physical limitations. Nuestra alma tiene, uh, perdón, nuestro cuerpo tiene limitaciones físicas. Your body is the part of you that's going to live the least amount of time. Tu cuerpo la parte de usted que va a vivir lo menos tiempo. Tu espíritu va a vivir para siempre. Your spirit and soul will live forever. Your body is temporal and material. Your spirit and your soul are eternal and immaterial. Nuestro, nuestro cuerpo es físico y material. Nuestro espíritu y alma son uh, espirituales y eternos. And so you're going to live on forever somewhere. Usted y yo vamos a vivir para siempre en algún lugar. The Bible tells us there are two places where a human is destined to go. Either to go to the presence of God. If they have been born again, the spirit will live on forever in the presence of God. Or in hell, the spirit will live on forever in hell if separated from God forever. Those are the realities of the scripture. So we have a spirit that can commune with God. We have a soul that has an intellect, emotions, and appetite, and then we have this human body. Tonight, I want to deal with the spirit. Esta noche vamos a tratar con el espíritu, and specifically, we're going to deal with the new, or with the born-again spirit. Vamos a hablar esta noche, con el, uh, vamos a, a tratar con el espíritu nacido de nuevo. Now, I realize that this is a profound study, um, of things that we don't always talk about or hear talked about. Yo entiendo que este es un estudio bastante 
profundo, el cual no lo oímos discutido mucho. But I believe that the more you understand these uh, matters that we are relating to, that you will be able to, uh, to live out the word of God in that particular area of your life uh, to a degree that will bring about a great success in your life. A la medida que usted vaya aprendiendo estas cosas, usted va a tener uh, herramientas en su mano uh, para poder tener éxito en estas áreas de su vida. So when you were born again, when you were saved, cuando usted nació de nuevo, fue salvo, su espíritu nació de nuevo. When you were saved, your spirit was born again. How many of you are born again? ¿Cuántos son salvos, nacidos de nuevo? I don't mean that you have been become a member of a church. I don't mean that you were baptized as a baby or baptized in water as a teenager or, or child. But I mean that you have had a life-transforming encounter with God through faith in Jesus Christ that brought about a new birth. How many of you are born again? Uh, si usted nacido de nuevo, no estamos hablando de que lo bautizaron cuando era niño o que usted es miembro de la iglesia o que se bautizó cuando era joven, sino estamos hablando de haber tenido una experiencia transformativa con Dios a través de la fe en el Señor Jesucristo. Jesus said, you must be born again. Jesús dijo, tienes que nacer de nuevo. And so uh, he told Nicodemus these words. Nicodemus was a religious leader. Nicodemus era un líder espiritual. He was one of the 70 spiritual elders of Israel. Uno de los líderes, entre los 70 líderes espirituales de Israel. And he told Nicodemus, in not so many words, you are not born again. You must be born again. It's not enough to know a lot about religion. Or to know a lot about the Bible, it's necessary to have your spirit born again. And that means that you have received life in your spirit toward God. And he said to Nicodemus, uh, you must be born again. Nicodemus said, how can this be? How can I go back into my mother's womb? And Jesus said, unless you were born of water, that's the natural birth, and of the spirit, that's the second birth, you will not be able to inherit uh, the, the kingdom of God, the things God has prepared for man, he has given to us spiritually. And those have a physical and material manifestation, but they are primarily spiritual, and they begin in our spiritual life. And so tonight we're going to deal with being led by the Spirit. And that is very important because if your life is led by your soul, that means your life is being led by your emotions. Ever made an emotional decision? How'd that work out for you? Almost always bad. If your life is being led by your soul, you're being led by your emotions, you're being led by your appetite. Ever made an appetite decision? 10 o'clock at night, you just, you just think about that ice cream, right? Or those French fries. Or that pizza. And those things, your appetite, your emotions, your instinct, they were created by God, but they were, they were twisted by the fall of man. 
And if they are driving your life, they're terrible drivers. The appetite, the emotions, the instinct are terrible drivers. And so if you want to have a life of peace, an abundant life which God offers, you must be led by the Spirit of God. Because the Spirit of God leads you to life. He leads you to joy. He leads you to peace. He leads you to success. Si usted quiere tener una vida de paz y de gozo, una vida abundante, la cual Dios ofrece en, en, en la salvación, esto solamente se manifiesta cuando usted y yo somos guiados por el Espíritu. Si se deja guiar por sus emociones, su instinto, su apetito, esto va a traer problemas a su vida, va a traer ruina a su vida. And so, what I want you to understand there is that when you were saved, your spirit was born again. But your flesh continues to have the same old desires that it used to have. And now your spirit has to begin to, uh, to come to bring all of those instincts, appetites, and emotions under the control of the spirit. And so the Bible tells us, first of all, Romans 8, 14. These three verses we're going to study tonight. And we begin there, Romans 8, 14. For all who are being led by the Spirit, these are sons of God. Let's say that out loud together. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Now, that was about two of you. And I didn't hear anybody from online. So let's all say it together. All right. Everybody now. Let's say it together. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God. Here's the first thing you need to understand. You and I need to know. Is that being led by the Spirit. Is the inheritance of every child of God. Ser guiado por el Espíritu. Es la herencia de cada hijo de Dios. Being led by the Spirit is your privilege as a born again believer. Esto es tu privilegio siendo hijo de Dios. So we have to do away with any notion that says that if I'm going to be led by the Spirit, I've got to go talk to a, a religious sage or a pastor or an apostle or a prophet or I got to wait for Benny Hinn to come to town or uh, for some great evangelist to come to town, wrong. You can be led by the Spirit today. That is your privilege. That is your inheritance as a child of God. And in fact, it's the proof of the new birth. Esta es la herencia y el privilegio del, del, del creyente ser guiado por el Espíritu y es la prueba del nacer de haber sido nacido de nuevo, que usted es guiado por el Espíritu de Dios. That you be led by the Spirit of God. These are, this is the mark. It's one of the marks, one of the proofs of the new birth. Es una de las marcas o una de las pruebas de, uh, del nuevo nacimiento. It's a mark of sonship. Have you ever seen someone uh, that the moment you saw him, you said, this is so-and-so's boy. Just by how they stood. Or just by how they spoke. You didn't, you didn't know anything else about them. You don't know their name. But you know because of their, 
their their physical traits or attributes that they are the son of so and so. And this is one of the traits that demonstrates you and I have been born again. That you and I are led by the Spirit of God. And when we're being led by the Spirit of God, it's testifying that we are children of God. Este es el testimonio que somos hijos de Dios, que somos guiados por el Espíritu de Dios. Now there are a number of implications there. At least uh, one of them is that the Holy Spirit wants to lead you. El Espíritu Santo te, te quiere guiar. How many of you want the leadership of the Holy Spirit? Listen, you couldn't have a better leader, a better guide, a better teacher. All of those words are ascribed to the Holy Spirit. No hay mejor líder. No hay mejor guía. No hay mejor uh, maestro que el Espíritu Santo. Uh, in, in, especially because he's the most patient teacher you'll ever have. Él es el maestro más uh, noble y más paciente que usted va a tener. And if you will be led by him, he'll lead you to life. He'll lead you to triumph. He'll lead you to victory. He'll lead you to success. El Espíritu Santo te va a guiar a la vida. Te va a guiar al éxito. Te va a guiar al triunfo. Te va a guiar a la victoria. Te va a guiar a la santidad. He's going to lead you to holiness. He's going to lead you to wholeness. Te va a guiar no solamente a la santidad, pero también a la sanidad interior. He'll lead you to health and to healing in your inner man. Te guía a la sanidad interior de tu hombre interior. This is your privilege. And my privilege as a child of God. Este es nuestro privilegio como hijo de Dios. Jesus said this. He said, my sheep. Everyone say, my sheep. All of his sheep, raise your hand. He said, my sheep hear my voice. That is the promise of God to the believer. Jesús dijo, mis ovejas oyen mi voz. Y él dijo, ellas conocen mi voz. He said, they know my voice and they follow it. And they will not follow the voice of the stranger. Y no seguirán la voz de un extranjero, porque conocen mi voz y la siguen. Right, that, that's a very important text for us to have in mind as we consider being led by the Spirit. To understand that this is the proof of sonship and the, uh, the inheritance of the believer. Now verse 16, same chapter there. Ahora el verso 16 is the second verse I want you to look at with me. This one says, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Ahí dice que el Espíritu Santo da, da testimonio con nuestro Espíritu que somos hijos de Dios. How do you know that you're saved? ¿Cómo sabe usted que es salvo? Do you have a birth certificate? Spiritual birth certificate in Boston gold? No, none of us do. I don't have one either. I don't have a golden ticket. Do you have a golden ticket? How do we know that we're saved? How do we know that we, that if we die, that we're going to go to heaven? Or that if Jesus uh, returns in the rapture, the church is raptured, that we're going to be in, included in the rapturing of the church. How do we know? 
Well, we know by the witness of the Spirit. ¿Cómo sabemos que somos salvos? Que si morimos vamos a ir al cielo y si Cristo viene vamos a ir ser arrebatados en el rapto de la iglesia. Lo sabemos por el testimonio del Espíritu Santo. What does it say there? Verse 16. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. The Holy Spirit gives the believer a witness. This is an inner witness, an inner knowledge. Este testimonio, otra palabra sería un conocimiento interior. Y el testimonio del Espíritu da testimonio al, tes al Espíritu del hombre avisando que soy salvo. The Holy Spirit bears witness to you, to the inner spirit, to the inner man, that you are born again, that you are a child of God. That's the, that's the way that we know. And some people teach that you cannot know whether you're saved or not. That's absolute baloney. The Bible says that God has done these things that we may know that we are the children of God. Listen, God uh, does not want you living in a state of eternal insecurity. He doesn't want you living in a state uh, where, uh, as, as has happened perhaps in some of our lives throughout history or throughout our life we have seen or maybe experienced where every time the pastor gives a call for salvation, that, that person, maybe that person with you comes every single time because they're not sure, because they're afraid. And I want them to keep coming uh, if they need to, but eventually they're going to have the witness of the Spirit. They're going to have that knowing, that inner knowing, that knowledge that they are a child of God. Do you know? How do you know? By the witness of the Spirit. So here's the thing. You can't tell by, by external things. It's a, it's a complete and total work of the Spirit of God in a life. And you're the one who knows. We'll know by the fruit we see in your life. But we can, you can fake fruit sometimes. But you can't fake salvation. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit. This is speaking of an inner witness. John, uh, 1 John chapter 5 verse 10. If you could put that on the screen for us. Primera de Juan capítulo 5 verso 10. 1 John Chapter 5, verse 10, speaks of this inner witness, this inner knowledge. What does the Bible say? The one who believes in the Son of God has the testimony where? Where? In himself, the one who does not believe has made God a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has given concerning his Son. Listen, this testimony, this inner witness is in you. It's in the believer. Primera de Juan 1.5, uh, perdón, Primera de Juan 5.10, dice que el que cree en el Hijo de Dios da testimonio o tiene testimonio en sí mismo. Ese testimonio usted lo carga en su espíritu. You carry this testimony, this inner witness within yourself, within your spirit. Now, this is why you need to know the difference between the soul and the spirit because the soul gets emotional 
And here's the thing. Sometimes we see someone come forward and give their life to Christ. And we see tears. We see emotion. We see, we see trembling sometimes. And we think they really got saved. They got saved her than I did. But the emotions have nothing to do with it. You understand? The emotion has nothing to do with you being saved. Someone could come forward, and I've seen it happen before. They come forward, not a tear, not a sigh, but their life is completely transformed. And then someone else came forward and cried and shouted and ran all over the church and went back and lived just like they did before. Because this soul has nothing to do with it. This is the, the witness of the spirit. And that spirit having been transformed, you're going to start seeing changes in how that soul behaves. But it begins by a birth that takes place, a, a new birth that takes place in the spirit of man. Are you still with me? All right. Now, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. Now, I'm reading this particular verse to you. It's a little obscure, perhaps, but I want you to understand something here. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27. The, the scripture says there, The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the innermost part of his being. What does this mean? This means, basically, if I can put it in simple terms, the, the Lord guides your life through the spirit. Dice ahí que el espíritu del de, 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 hombre es la lámpara de Jehová. The guidance that you and I receive from God will come through our spirit man. La guianza que usted y yo vamos a recibir de Dios va a llegar a través de nuestro hombre espiritual. So the lamp of your body, the lamp of your being is your spirit. That's where the, the, the direction and the guidance of God is going to come. La guianza de Dios va a llegar a tu vida a través del espíritu. No a través de tu alma, no a través de tu cuerpo, a través de tu espíritu. So look, you know, this is important because how's God going to guide your life? Through the, I'll say through my spirit. How's God going to guide your life? All right, so you don't have to always expect really big, spectacular things to happen in order for God to lead you. Like, for instance, Lord, if it's your will, my Bible open to the, the right verse, and I'm going to put my finger down, whatever's there, that's your will for my life. You're not, that's not the Spirit leading. It doesn't mean that you have to hear an audible voice. God, if I hear you say, go to Africa three times before the rooster crows, I will go to Africa. We're not talking about, because a lot of people won't move unless they have this spectacular thing happen. And God never promised that he would move you by spectacular things. He promised that he would lead you by his spirit. And the guidance of the spirit comes to the inner man, to the spirit of man. I'm giving you some kind of uh, grand ideas that some people buy into, and it might seem a little bit silly. But when you start talking about spiritual things, silly isn't very far away. Because as long as people are willing to be led by their flesh, by their emotions, or by the spectacular, they're going to get into silliness. 
And I don't, I don't uh, want you and I to be led by silly. I want you to be led by the Spirit. Led by the inner witness of the Spirit of God. And that, that leading comes through your spirit man. There's another verse that speaks to this. Psalm 18, verse 28. Salmo 18, verso 28. Salmo 18, 28. Psalm 18, 28. Let's look at that. That speaks to this same idea. The Bible says, For you light my lamp. The Lord my God illumines my darkness. Now, you need leadership in a particular area of your life. I, I want to have some direction in the area of my life. What do I need to do? I need to get in the Spirit. Because God, leave that up for us for a second, uh, God will light your lamp. He'll give, he'll give insight. That's the, the word light there. It means to give insight and it means to give life. John chapter one says that in him was life and the life was the light of men. So when we talk about the psalmist says, you light my lamp. He's saying God will give my spirit insight. That's information and he will give my spirit life. When you and I are seeking direction from God, that direction is going to come through our spirit and it comes in the form of light. Information. That often means that the Holy Spirit gives you information about things you do not know. You didn't learn in college. You didn't read it in the newspaper. But He'll give you information. That's supernatural. It's not necessarily flashy, but it's incredibly Useful in our life to be led by the Holy Spirit because He gives us information we don't have. For instance, you are driving down the highway and you sense in your inner man, take a different route. And then you hear 20 minutes later, there was an accident on that route that you were on. You received information that you did not have. It didn't come from GPS it didn't come from Google. It didn't come from the newspaper. It didn't come from the radio. It came from the Spirit of God into your spirit. That's supernatural. And as I've told you many times before, if you will be led by the Spirit, He will save you time. He'll save you money. He'll save you heartache. If you'll just listen to Him. If you will be led by His voice. And that information and that, not, that insight comes out of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is holy. That means that He has no ill intent. He has no malice toward you. The only thing He's going to do is lead you to life. And lead you to success. Not only does it bring inside information, but it brings life itself. That's the energizing work of the Spirit of God. Has it happened to you? You come to church, you're tired. Maybe you're frustrated. Maybe you're mad at your boss. You get into church. You start worshiping God. Your spirit man takes over before you know it. The load is lifted. You have power. You have strength. You have energy. Come on, somebody. That's the life of God coming into your life. And it comes through the spirit man. It comes through the inner man. Are you with me tonight? Now, I know this is deep. But here's the thing. You're deep. You are a spirit. 
You are a spirit. The Bible said God is spirit. And those who worship God must worship in spirit and in truth. So you have a profoundly deep being, a profoundly deep existence. And I believe it's, it's, it's that most Christians hardly ever experience the fullness of this privilege. Because we often live on the level of the natural. On the level of the soul and the flesh. On the level of the intellect. And not on the level of the spirit. Is the church alive tonight? Alright, let's go to Romans chapter 9 verse 1. We've covered the the three primary verses that I wanted to relate to you on this subject. Now let's go in in more depth here. Romans chapter 9, verse 1. Here we read about the voice of the Spirit. Romans 9, 1. It says, I am telling the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience testifies with me in the Holy Spirit. Now, notice there are two voices in this text. Note conmigo que en Romanos 9.1 hay dos voces en el texto. He says, I'm telling you the truth. My conscience, that's my inner man, testifies with me in the Holy Spirit. So here you have the voice of the Holy Spirit and the voice of the human born-again spirit, your spirit. And we hear then the inner voice. He says, my, my, vo- my inner voice, my spirit, speaks of the things of the Holy Spirit. It agrees with the Holy Spirit. He says, my conscience testifies with me in the Holy Spirit. This is the part of you uh, that, that, that you, uh, you've been born again. Your spirit has been born again. Say amen. And that born again spirit now thinks like God wants it to think. Say amen, somebody. So before you were born again, you had no thoughts of God. You didn't have any idea or hunger for His word. You had no idea to be, you had no desire to be in worship. None of those things ever crossed your mind. Now all of a sudden you're thinking about, I need to hear the word. You're thinking about, you know what, I need to I need to call so-and-so and tell them that I love them. You're thinking about, you know what, I'm going to give my tithe. You know that's the Holy Spirit. But what's he done? He's trained your, your spirit. And now your inner man is thinking like God wants it to think. He's testifying and he's bearing witness with the Holy Spirit. Your inner man is now in agreement with the Spirit of God. And, and you are bearing fruit now out of your spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience. All of these things are coming now out of your spirit. They're bearing fruit. They're testifying that the Spirit of God brought life in here. Because before he was a liar, but now he's honest. And before he was lazy, but now he's a hard worker and he's diligent. And before he was a thief, but now he's generous. Come on, somebody. The Holy Spirit has brought a transformation of the inner man. And now things that didn't used to bother you, 
They bother you. You used to watch things on TV, it didn't bother you, now they bother you. You used to hear language, it didn't bother you, now it bothers you. There's a different life going on in here because your spirit has been renewed to the spirit of God. Well, this is your spirit, okay? We're not, we're not talking about just the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has come to dwell within your spirit. And this is important because what I want you to see in this is that there are many people who are not born again, obviously, and, and Christians, they desperately want them to be. Sometimes you have a wife who wants her husband to be, to wants her husband to be a different man. And she might manage to twist his arm and bring him to church. And, and think that, okay, he's in church now, and it's just this, and then that man acts like he always did when he gets home. And she said, but you just went to church. And he went to church, but his spirit is still lost. It hasn't been renewed by the spirit of God. And so some of you need to relax and, and stop demanding that people in your life be spiritual who are not born again yet. And let the Holy Spirit do the work in them. Instead of you trying to force the work on them because if the Holy Spirit doesn't do it, nobody will. Is the church here tonight? Your spirit and my spirit testifies and, and begins to think like the Spirit of God and begins to, to act like the Spirit of God because we've received the life of God in our inner man. And now we have that inner voice of our spirit telling us, don't do that, don't go there, don't say that. Come on, you're born again. Say amen somebody, you're born again. You know, most Christians never get past the idea that born again means I'm not going to hell when I die. There's a whole lot more to being born again than just not going to hell when you die. Born again means you can walk by the Spirit every day of your life until Jesus comes. And until that has happened in your life, you couldn't walk by the Spirit if you tried. Until you're born again, you will not be able to walk by the Spirit. In fact, your, your spirit is dead toward God and dead toward godly things. It's not until the life of God has come into you that now you have a testimony in your spirit. And, and now you hear yourself thinking like what God wants to think. And you, you see a difference in yourself. Do you see a difference in yourself? Come on, do you see a difference in yourself? Can you, can you speak of before Christ and after Christ? It's because there's a transformation that has taken place in the inner man. And that now your inner, your spirit has a voice. And your, your spirit voice speaks faith. Your spirit's voice speaks hope. Your spirit now speaks life. Because it has been renewed by the spirit of God. All right, let's keep going. Now you have the, the inner voice, that's your spirit's voice, and that voice 
speaks to the Holy Spirit. That's why you can pray without ever opening your mouth. It's, it's not necessarily wrong. It's not wrong at all to pray out loud. It's important to do so. But you can pray without ever opening your mouth. In fact, mute people can pray. And their spirit is speaking to God. And God is speaking to them. You're in a job interview. They ask you a tough question. And you send up a quick prayer. Help me. And you get an answer. Come on somebody. You get a, you're in a board meeting and all of a sudden there's a problem and you say, Lord, give me some wisdom. And he sends you wisdom. And everybody thinks, man, you are so smart. Without ever leaving your chair, without opening a book, you received by talking to the Holy Spirit. In your spirit. Is the church here tonight? We're all talking to the Spirit right now, Pastor. You see, this isn't, this isn't about, about silly things. This is about you having communion with God and being able to talk with God from your inner man. And that inner man, because he has communion with God, can learn and be guided and be led and be directed and be taught and be changed. And learn how to forgive and learn how to give and learn how to heal old uh, wounds and, and learn how to let things go and learn how to build and how to plant and how to uh, store up. All of those things come when you are in dialogue with the Spirit of God in your spirit. But then there's the voice of the Spirit. The voice of the Holy Spirit. Esa la voz interior, pero ahora está la voz del Espíritu Santo. I told you there are two voices, right? There's the voice of the Spirit and your, your voice. Now your voice is able to communicate with the Spirit of God and He communicates with you. Now, there's a spectacular occurrence of this in 1 Samuel chapter 3. The Bible said that that little boy, Samuel, was sleeping near the, the holy place. And he heard a voice, the voice of the Spirit, saying, Samuel, Samuel. It was audible. And he got up. And he went to Eli, the priest, and he said, did you call me? He said, no, I didn't call you. And when he laid back down and he heard the voice again, Samuel, Samuel. And he got up, he went back to the priest, he said, did you call me? He said, no, I didn't call you. Finally, Samuel starts to realize, this boy is hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. He's hearing the voice of God. Come on, I don't know about you, but I just felt a quickening in my spirit. God wants to have our, our children. He wants, to, he wants our youth and our children in this generation to hear His voice. Finally, He, he taught him and He said, when you hear that voice, just say, here I am, Lord. Start talking to Him. And Samuel heard the voice of God and he spoke. 
to God and God spoke to him and, and made him a, a vessel of honor and glory for the kingdom of God, for the purposes of God. And God is still speaking. Say amen, church. I said, God is still speaking. And maybe it won't be, it won't be in that particular way that he uh, is speaking to you as he did to Samuel, but he's still speaking. In Acts chapter 13, verse 2, let's look at that please, Acts 13, 2, we see here the voice of the Spirit again. This time the church is in fasting and in prayer. And the Bible says, while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, who? The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work for which I have called them. Ahí en Hechos, capítulo 13, verso 2, vemos la voz del Espíritu, que dice la Escritura que ellos estaban ministrando a Dios en ayuno y oración, y dice la Escritura que el Espíritu Santo dijo, Apártame a Barnabé y a Saulo para la obra que yo, a la cual yo los he llamado. Ahí está la voz del Espíritu. You imagine this. The church is in prayer. And then all of a sudden, they heard the voice of the Spirit. Not out loud, not in their ear, not in their natural man, but in their spirit. They heard the voice of the Spirit. And he said, Separate from me, Barnabas and Saul. And we have there the beginning of the first missionary journey uh, in the early church uh, because of the voice of the Spirit. And this, this same voice is speaking to you and I in our life. And I know that we all have testimonies. We all have heard the Spirit speak to us and we have, we have the testimony of this fact that we can and do hear from the Spirit of God. Sometimes I'll say, or maybe you've heard a pastor say, I want you to pray about how much to give in this offering. And you sense a number in your mind and then you turn to your wife, she says the same thing. Uh, pastors, because we're the best marriage in town. That's probably true. But you both heard from the Spirit of God. Say amen, somebody. Or maybe you're, you're asleep at night and suddenly you, you are awakened and you hear the Spirit of God telling you the name of a family member. And you start praying. The Spirit of God is speaking to us. And he's, he's doing this because He has a purpose. He may want to use you to intervene in order to provide a means of prayer so by he can intervene in a, in a situation here on the earth. He's using you to advance the kingdom of God. He's using or directing your life because he loves you, because he cares about you, because he wants to keep you out of trouble. Whatever the case may be, whatever the reason may be, the voice of the Spirit is accessible to every believer in this room. And every believer watching online. And it is our privilege to be led by the Spirit of God. It is our, our inheritance to be led by the Spirit of God. La voz del Espíritu nos habla para dirigirnos, para protegernos, para orar a través de nosotros. Y todo esto, hermano, es 
nuestra herencia como los hijos de Dios. Well, how does he do this? How does he speak? Well, we just mentioned, first of all, that he speaks directly to the believer by his spirit. ¿Cómo lo hace el Espíritu Santo? Él habla directamente al creyente. John chapter 16, verse 13. Juan capítulo 16, verso 13. Say this out loud. This is not about pride, all right? Just say it out loud. The Holy Spirit speaks directly to me. Do you believe that? I sure hope you do, because otherwise, what you have left is if he'll speak to somebody else. And you don't want to live your life depending on what somebody else might have heard. You want to know. I heard from God. He speaks directly to you. Here's Jesus speaking. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. And he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come. Jesus promised us that the Holy Spirit would direct us personally. That the Holy Spirit would give direction to our life. Now, you want to you understand this, that what I'm going to say next will confirm whether you've heard from the voice of the Spirit of God or not. And that is that the Holy Spirit speaks directly to the believer. Number two, he speaks through the Scriptures. Número dos, el Espíritu Santo habla a través de las Escrituras. 2 Timothy 3.16 So if you want to know, did I hear from God? Read the Scriptures. And if what you heard contradicts the Scripture, you didn't hear from the Holy Spirit. You follow me? The Holy Spirit will confirm whether or not you and I are listening or hearing from the Lord. So, let me give you an example. Uh, somebody, uh, some lady comes to a pastor and says, The Holy Spirit told me that you're supposed to leave your wife and marry me. Listen, he doesn't have to pray about that. He doesn't even have to check the scripture because he already knows what it says. If, if, it doesn't confirm, if it doesn't confirm the scripture, you didn't hear from the Holy Spirit. The voice of God will always reflect the word of God. Say amen, somebody. The word of God is the will of God, and the, the voice of God will always reflect the word of God. And if you look at the cults, you look at the, the branches of Christianity that have gotten away from the truth, it always comes from hearing a voice that did not conform to the voice of the word of God. And then they lead or led into error. 2 Timothy 3.16, the Bible tells us that all Scripture, how much of the Scripture? That means Genesis to Revelation. One time I said Genesis to the maps, and somebody said, what book is the maps? You know what I'm talking about? All Scripture is inspired by God. The word there is God-breathed. And is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be equipped for every good work. So here we have the voice of the Spirit through the Scripture. So you and I should practice the reading of the Scriptures. 
and make time to read your Bible. And when you do that, pause and, and say, Holy Spirit, speak to me through the Word. And you start reading the Word, and He'll speak to you. Won't He? He's done it, hasn't He? You're reading the scripture, and it's, it's maybe not even anything you were thinking about. And he'll just point something out that's a, an addressing something in your life. His word will speak to your spirit. The Bible says that uh, his word is spirit and life. La palabra es espíritu y vida. So when you study the word, you read the word, your spirit is being fed, it's being, it's being nourished, it's being taught, it's being trained. Cuando usted lee la escritura, la escritura es vida espiritual. Entonces la vida espiritual de la escritura entrena y madura y hace crecer tu vida espiritual, tu hombre espiritual. That's why I pray, Lord, anoint me to teach and anoint the people to hear, to listen by the Spirit. I had a young man come to me, he told me, he said, Pastor, I went to church because my parents forced me to go. I didn't want to be there. I didn't get anything out of the sermon. Thank you. I appreciate that. High praise. He said, I didn't get anything out of your sermon. He said, but when you made the altar call, I couldn't stay in my seat. And I realized the whole time my spirit had been receiving the word of God. And he, he, came, he came to Christ that day because although his outer man was completely checked out, his inner man was receiving the word of life. Come on, somebody. This is spirit and life. So read your Bible. Study your Bible. Hear the preaching and teaching of the word of God. God will speak to you through the word. Thirdly, God speaks through the gifts of the spirit. Tercero, Dios habla a través de los dones del Espíritu. There are various gifts of the spirit. First of all, we have the offices uh, these are people that are as a, uh, given as a gift by God to the church. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Oftentimes, God will speak to us through a word being preached by one of his servants. And that person may not know what you need to hear. And they may not know why or what you're going through. But suddenly something that was said by a man or woman of God speaks to your spirit. And you know that was for me. That was from God. God just spoke to me. Has that ever happened to you? Isn't that amazing? That's the supernatural. That's the supernatural power of God resident in the life of the believer. And... It's really a mystery to preachers how God does that. We have nothing to do with it except for the fact that we prepare and we seek to be led by the Spirit in what we're going to say. And 
He takes what we say from what he's taught us, from what he's led us to say, and he makes it applicable to every person in the room whose heart is open to hear the word. Often he'll speak through the gifts, not just the office gifts, but the the gifts of prophecy. Many of you have received prophetic words. ¿Cuántos han recibido palabras proféticas? Now, this is a way that God speaks. Esta es una forma que Dios habla. But I don't want you to think that the only way God can speak to you is if a prophet comes to town. Because he can speak to you directly every day if you let him. If you listen for his voice. And if he doesn't speak to you like he did with Samuel, Samuel, he'll direct your life. And oftentimes, you see, if a prophet comes to town, the church is full. Everybody wants a word. That's great. We all want a word. And uh, and God certainly does speak through prophets. But he speaks to you. He speaks through tongues. The gift of tongues and interpretation. And the Bible says that when you and I pray in tongues, we speak to God. Tongues are a spiritual language. And when you and I pray in tongues, we're praying in the Spirit. It's got nothing to do with the natural. And so the Bible says when you pray in tongues, your spirit is edified, but your mind, your your body is not edified. It doesn't understand. But you're, you're, you're praying to God in tongues. And many times while you're praying in tongues, you'll hear from God what you need to hear about a particular matter. And I want to encourage you to pray in tongues often. Una de las formas que el Espíritu habla a nosotros es a través de las lenguas. Las lenguas son una, una, uh, un lenguaje espiritual, un idioma espiritual a través de la cual hablamos con Dios y dice la Escritura que cuando oramos en lenguas nuestra, nuestro espíritu es edificado. Pero la mente no. That's why Paul tells us, you know, when you have when you have the church full of, of non-believers or believers and non-believers, it shouldn't be everybody speaking in tongues. Because the mind isn't edified by that. And so if they're an unbeliever, they see that, they may find confusion in it. But you as a believer, you pray in the Spirit. If you're in, in your home, if you're in a private place, pray out loud in tongues. If you're here at church in the worship service, pray under your breath in tongues. You're praying spiritually. And then there's a, 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 a gift of, this, of tongues, which is when someone is moved upon by the Spirit of God to speak out loud in a church service in, a, in an angelic language or a, a spiritual language, I should say. And that is a message from God to the church. And the Bible said God will give an interpretation by the Spirit. And someone speaks in tongues and someone else interprets the tongue. And God speaks to the church through the manifestation of that gift. 
This also includes gifts like word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. That oftentimes God will use to direct a life or to give insight into a life or, or, or to, to tell someone something they need to know outside of the natural realm of knowledge. Something they couldn't learn on their own but which God gives to someone who has that particular gift. And they're able to speak into the life of someone else. A word of knowledge. That's information you don't have, but which is being given to you by God. Tomorrow at 2 o'clock, this is going to happen in your life. God is speaking to that person by the Spirit. Word of wisdom. God is giving direction over a particular matter in someone's life. These gifts are operating in the life of the believer. And God uses them to speak by His Spirit to the believer. And if no one speaks in tongues tonight, and if no one prophesies tonight, and if no one gives a word of knowledge tonight, you can still be directed and guided by the Holy Spirit. Because as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the children of God. Is the church here tonight? Let's stand together. I want you to just lift your hands to heaven. Just pray in the spirit. And wherever you are in your understanding of this, just tell him, Lord, I want to be led by your spirit. I'm making big decisions right now. I need to be led by your spirit. The world around me is chaotic. It's crazy. It's changing all the time. I want to be led by your spirit. And you just make a conscious decision to put your emotions and your instinct and your appetite to the side. Let your outer man to the side and just say... God, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be led by you. I have to be led by your spirit. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would place in every heart a hunger and a thirst for the activity, guidance, presence, and power of the spirit of God. That we would be led by the transforming grace which you sent to us. When you sent us the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father. We thank you for that promise and we say tonight we want to be led by him. We want to have a spirit moved life. Come on, just invite the presence of the Spirit of God into your life, into your situation, into your decision making. If you're sick, invite His presence into that moment right now because He is the healer.